Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Deadline's new Hollywood podcast. Uh, we are in quarantine, and my name is <laughs> Ray Ramos. <laughs> and I am Amanda Nduka. Um, And for this episode, this is a really exciting episode, you guys. This is one of my favorite, yeah. all-time favorite shows. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but we have Issa Rae, the co-creator and star of HBO's Insecure. Yes. It's back for a fourth season. Um, and by the time this airs, the first season, the first episode, the first episode right. would have aired on Sunday. So right, the twelfth. And wait, Amanda, did you watch the f- the first couple episodes, or did no. you get? Oh, you didn't. Oh God, man. I I I, wa- I was I was gonna. I, I've been in a mood, so I, oh. I, I so. But I I actually watched the last season just so I can remember okay. anything that happened. But um, well, I, I, without I, giving anything away, yeah. This season, and we talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and, I try. I try to I get think, some spoilers out of her. But also. I think this has been building if you've seen the uh, relationship between Molly and Issa throughout the series. So yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. I'm excited about this show. I know it took a long time and people were frustrated, but like Issa, she, I mean, she says in the podcast, like she needed time to do other things. She started in two yeah. movies, Lovebirds and The Photograph. Lovebirds will be out later on this year on Netflix. On Netflix, the photograph. Yeah. I think I think The Photograph is out digitally now, right? Did they, yeah. did they release it digitally? And I was and I was really bummed. You know, I mean, I've, I've already said this, how I was bummed that South by Southwest was canceled just because I was a juror, but also yeah. Lovebirds was supposed to premiere there. And, yeah. Um, Oh, it's it's devastating. But you know, it's still coming out. That's right. That's the it, it found thing. it. It found a second home, which is cool. I think the the, the Netflix deal thing was actually a really good idea, um, mm. honestly. But yeah, and she and she has all these other things coming up, and I love how she's such a champion of of new voices. And I think we've seen mm. that like through throughout her work so far. Um, and I'm just like I'm I'm excited about this season. I always say like I have a like Molly and Issa like that's my friend group right there. Like yeah. I have all those people, Kelly, all of them. I have friends like that. So and it's so it's so refreshing to see something like that on TV. And I, I'm gonna say again this this season. I mean we talk about it, but it gets into it about the dynamics of friendship. And you know I think you know personally you know when you have a friend who doesn't have a doesn't know what purpose do you serve you know mm-hmm. when, you, when you have a friend who's like you lose touch i mean we go apart right and you don't want to talk to them anymore like it, i think honestly breaking up with a friend might be worse than breaking up with a uh, like a significant other right yeah um yeah and i'm not spoiling <laughs> anything guys yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, just, yeah, honestly, that, I I think I would say I would say that because especially with with our friends, like we we go through a lot with them, like like especially like especially like like a, I mean I don't I like a like my friends and like how we are, you go through a lot, so it that that's a very it's a very hard loss and it's an unexpected loss too. You never really expect to lose a friend, right? Like mm. relationships, like or significant others, like those are you know always like rocky and and what yeah. whatever. But with friends, it's like. You know, you're you're expecting to ride to the sunset, and sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't yeah, that sometimes way. you don't. Sometimes so. they just get so annoying and, that you just don't want to see them anymore. Exactly, and I mean, <laughs> shoot, perfect time quarantine. So maybe, yeah, this maybe, is <laughs> maybe this is a good again. time, you guys. This is a good time to reflect on your friend group. Yeah, seriously. And who you want to cut, and who makes the cut, and who. Who stays? You know? <laughs> we talk about that. It's too. like Project Runway. It's like the Project Runway of friendship. You we know, talk about we in, talk about our top eight. Remember? 
<laughs> but anyway, so we are going to, without further ado, here is Issa. Thanks again, Issa, for doing this and for joining us today. Yeah, my my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, huge fans of the show, um, and we're definitely going to talk about season four. But we want to, for for this podcast, we like to get a lot of uh, backstory on people and every on people's journeys and everything. So, so where did where did this all start for you? Where did you first learn about your 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 um, creativity and your comedy? And who were some of your inspirations? I think for me, everything started with my family. My family is very funny. My mom is hilarious and extremely goofy and really encouraged the five of us to tap into that. And uh, I remember just thinking her and my older brothers were very funny and trying to make them laugh. And Mm. um, so it started at home. And then, you know, as I went to school, I got into acting in the fifth grade when they cast me as Demetrius, the only (laughs) black girl in school, um, in a play. And I was like, my mom was like, that's racist. And I was like, wait, hold up, hold up. This is kind of dope, though. And really liked that that experience and just got into writing plays for other people. Mm. So like in middle Mm. school, writing plays for my classmates. And then in high school, um, being in them and then ultimately mm-hmm. just watching more film and television series and um, realizing that that was a medium that I could break into too. So was it because your your dad is from Senegal, right? And he's a doctor. He is, yeah. And your mom's a teacher. So was it was it was it encouraged? Because I like like we're, Dina and I talk about this all the time. Being from you know families of first generation like immigrants, it's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The arts are not really encouraged all the time in the household, just just mainly because it's not something that we our our parents really grew up with. So was that something that they encouraged uh, for you once they saw that you had a real interest in it? My dad is a natural storyteller, and I mm-hmm. think even in Senegalese culture, like you know, there's huyos, there's like you know, storytelling is such a huge part. Humor is such a huge part. Um, but career wise, he was always like, "That should be your plan B, your plan A." Mm-hmm should be the stability route like it should be you know medicine or law or business um but my mom was always really supportive because she Mm -hmm. um had her creative side you know she was in the assistant director's program um you know back in the day before she Mm -hmm. had us so she understood that value but my dad it, it took him a little longer to come around right right when did when did he come around uh, <laughs> is he still coming around? <laughs> he's still coming around. No, he's proud. I'm like feeling super touched when uh, I saw him posing by an insecure bus bench when it was for season one. Yeah, because up until then he had still been like the grad school still around. Like you still like you could still go like, to med school. You know, it's not too late. <laughs> like come that, no. on, give it up. <laughs> Like, my, my dad you know, you know, there's me, med school still, right? You know, <laughs> my, my dad still tells me till this day that I can still go to med school. I'm like, Dad, I'm I'm over thirty now. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, my, you know, oldest, my, my oldest brother is like four. Uh, what is he born in seventy six? So he's got to be like forty four. <laughs> and my dad is holding on to him for wow. his only hope. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> all my, no, it's gonna, it's gonna, 
I, I joke, I, I joke sometimes, I, you know, I, I look at the landscape of Hollywood and how trash it could be. And I joke <laughs> to my friends and my family and I'm all, I'm just going to lean into it since I'm Filipino. I'm just going to become a nurse. That's it. I'm going to become a nurse. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> at least I'll be doing something good for right? the world. Right? At least I'm helping people. Like, shoot. Bless you. <laughs> I mean, my sister's a nurse. My cousins are nurses. Oh, my dad's they need a- to be satisfied then. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Asa, when you started, you know, Awkward Black Girl, you know, what was your intention with that and how has that intention evolved to now season four of Insecure? Mm-hmm. Ooh, what a journey. I know. Let's talk <laughs> yeah, about this no. journey. We're going to get we to wanna it. We want to hear all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I created it with the intention of making an archetype that I was complaining about not seeing. So I was constantly like, why is there such a singular, uh, at times degrading representation of Black women on my television screen? Um, And I'm so tired of people creating these characters that don't look like me or any of my friends. They don't look like Mm -hmm. anybody real that I know personally. Mm -hmm. And even if, you know, I did know them personally, that's not all we are. And so for me, it was just about making that because I had a blog at the time and someone was like you, you complain a lot like make it then and I was like oh okay yeah okay yeah because I'll, mm-hmm. I'll make it and then I can continue talking shit because I'll be like oh it's possible mm-hmm. um and so that's where that came and you know I've been sitting on it for such a long time and then got inspired by an article that came out that basically said the same thing as I did that was just looking for like the black Liz Lemon Mm-hmm. And um, was like, you know, m- moved by fear to finally just stop making excuses and create it. And then that, you know, from the first episode, I saw so many people resonating with it and the audience just grew and grew and grew. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that led to a lot of other opportunities to create, but it was a very slow burn. And that led to, you know, being noticed by Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers and having an opportunity to create a show with them and then learning to hone my comedic voice for television. Um, and that wasn't necessarily the the most seamless transition, um, but it, I learned so much and appreciated so much until HBO, you know, ultimately after, when ABC passed on that pilot, reached out to have me work on Insecure. Seeing back then compared to now has like, how has your view on has your view on this show kind of changed or is it like just evolved? Has, how has my view on Insecure changed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh, it's changed in the sense that uh, first season was like you're creating in a vacuum and mm-hmm. that it, it's exhilarating and you're just hopeful that you get to make the product that you set out to make and you're working with new people and it's just like, you're finding your footing and it's fun. Second season, you're dealing with more expectation and, but it's like exciting expectation. It's like, Oh shit, people are excited for us to come back. That's so dope. And we have a, we have, people are talking about our characters just as everyday lingo. That's amazing. And then by season three, I was like, I'm a little tired. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I 
don't want people's opinions anymore. I don't yeah. like I'm I'm grasping at the last moments in my in my in my life that I have lived and putting it into the show and I'm not necessarily living. Mm-hmm. And um, we were under a lot of scrutiny during the time where I was just like, what the fuck? This is a show. And I've never tried to proclaim to to represent black people. And people keep heralding it as this thing that is supposed to represent black people. And I don't mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also getting the unjust criticism for that. So yeah. fuck that. And I wanted a break. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then a well-deserved break, and you were doing other things. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing other things. Yeah, and that was what I wanted to do too. I was like, I'm kind of itching. This is nine months out of my life. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm grateful, but I want to see uh, what else I can do. I want to yeah. try to work on other people's projects, and um, so that's. But then by the time season four came and we had that break, like I was so excited to be back, okay. and I'm appreciative again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's just let's just unpack season four because I mean, like I said, I'm a huge fan of this show. I I always say like I have a Molly in my life, like mm. like the Issa's friends and Issa, that's like my friend group. So like I'm just I'm just I was one of the people that was like I, it, it did take a while and I was it was I was highly into, like wait, waiting for this next season. Um, what can we what can we expect? Because I know now Issa's in her 30s and she's sort of like she's in her 30s and she she quit her job and she's doing her own thing now and I know that's going to come with a lot of um stuff what can we what can we expect what are you most excited what are you most excited for people to see um through your character this season my character throughout from the beginning this has been a show about a girl who doesn't know who she is or where she's going and Mm -hmm. I think you know, th- throughout the seasons, we've seen Issa grow incrementally. And I think this season especially is just about her coming into who she is. And I think mm-hmm. we've also seen throughout the season how much she feeds off of the people around her to gas her up. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of season three, it was a step in her deciding, like, I got to be here for me, you know, mm-hmm. and I can only gas myself up and I got to figure this shit out and um i think with the transition from 20s to 30s one of the things that i found most interesting in my life is just how the relationships and friendships around you in your 20s are kind of by default by your surroundings right you know once you graduate from college if you went to school you know you may have friends from school and you hold on to those friends because you're in the same location or just because you went to school together you have something in common that bonds you Um, And I think as you move into your 30s, you're starting to figure out who you are and who you want to become and Mm -hmm. what works for you and what you won't stand for. And you find that Mm -hmm. some of the people around you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. fit anymore. And so what do you do with that? You know, and so I think that's what this season is about. So mm. it there there sounds like they're gonna be some challenges for Issa and Molly um in this in this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, full disclosure, I've seen okay. the first five episodes. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. I was trying to be as, you know, broad as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, we don't want any spoilers here, but yeah. just, you know, some nice little teases. This is deadline, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I think um <laughs> Because the friendship is definitely being challenged in a real way um, Mm -hmm. in one of those ways where it's just like, okay, 
we've had arguments in the past, but now like there, this is, this is a fun, this is coming down to who we are as people and mm. we have to figure that out. That's so real though. Like, yeah. <laughs> especially with friends that have been, you've been through it with, it, 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 mm-hmm. it's so real. It's like all, I think even like, not like I don't want to say like, I don't want to give it. Well, you know, we're not giving anything away, but like right. when you have a friend who you, you're like, oh, what is your place in my life anymore? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we we all have those like moments where we reevaluate the people in your in our lives and like, what is what is what purpose do you serve? Oh, it's <laughs> so true. Serve. It's so sad. It is sad. Even even when you're like thinking about like I think about being in my twenties and there. At least three people where I was like, oh, no, we're going to be grown all together. Like, there's yeah. no doubt that we're going to be the aunties and yeah. uh, kicking it and talking shit. And then as time progresses, you realize, oh, shit, I, I outgrew. Like, you're still the same bit. I don't know if you're ever going to, your mind is ever going to make it to 60 because you're still on some old 20 shit, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, I'm trying to grow up. But there is, it's sad, too. Yeah. Because you know, it, it hurts to let certain people go. Yeah, definitely. What about relationships? What can you tease about? Are there the, the, about the new bays in the season? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, new bays. Uh, the new bays. <laughs> the new bays. The new bays. I mean, you've seen from the trailer that Molly is, um, you know, pursuing a relationship right. with Asian Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, Issa is uh, single. So Good. that means, you know, she's out here focusing on herself. She's not putting a lot of pressure on any of her relationships. So that means she can fuck around with people that she might not normally fuck around with. Yeah. You know, mm. she's got to get hers. Um, and Kelly is, Kelly <laughs> stays with a movie. <laughs> so I don't want to give away what happened. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Natasha's is, been on her uh, podcast yeah, too. One of her booze this season is a cameo that I'm excited about. Someone that I'm yes. a huge fan of. It gets, I'm not going to lie. Like the, the first couple episodes, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's but just I'm here one for those, it. It's, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's just like, and I think that's to, to Molly's point of it, not to give too mm. much away. It's just like, the other thing about those friendships is, is like you you see your friends through old eyes and you see your friends through eyes of history. And I think uh, historically, Issa's decisions have blown up in her face a lot. And so mm-hmm. I think Issa is just like, no, I have this situation under control. And, you know, I think that I can make this work. And we're all mature adults here. And I'm mm-hmm. I've already said that I'm over this man. So um, we'll see if that's true or not. Mm. Well, well, speaking of insecure bays, you know, uh, Alexander Hodge, who's yes. Asian Bay, um, he's actually coming on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, oh, so, yay! Yeah. I love him. Yeah, no, never great. mind. He's trash. He's actually a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> like, good luck with that. <laughs> um, no, so, um, you know... Y- you know, Insecure features Alexander, and you know, you also star in the upcoming Lovebirds with Kumail Nanjiani. Mm-hmm. And you know, in your book, you talked about how Asian men and Black women are being the least desirable when it comes to dating. Uh, were these choices that you made directly connected with that? And why do you think 
do you think this is still the case now with you know Asia, uh, Asian men and and uh, and black women being undesirable, quote unquote? Yeah, so that came from a study I read in like 2010, 2010, mm. 2011. And then it resurfaced when dating apps came around and I was like, oh shit, this is an argument that I've been, like I used to, again, that same blog that I used to talk shit, I was like, oh, that's so interesting that we're supposed to be the least desired. And this is also the Steve Harvey era of like why black women can't catch men. And so, you know, I wrote a satirical um, essay about it and then, you know, found out that through dating apps that this was actually a a true thing. And so, yeah, Insecure, that storyline in particular was a play off of that excerpt in my book um, Mm. of just, you know, exploring that dynamic, but not necessarily um, as as um, as blatant mm. uh, or as overt and just seeing what that, that dynamic look like. Because I also don't love interracial relationships where uh, on screen where that's just all that's talked about. Like people who are mm. in interracial relationships don't talk about being in interracial relationships all the time as far as I know. Um, mm. Right. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't think one, so. I, yeah, I don't think <laughs> that, that that's the I feel like topic. that would be that would get they're like, boring. They're like, I'm in an interracial relationship. That's how they begin. <laughs> well, if you if you if you watch Blind Date, they did talk about uh Cameron and Lauren did talk about being in an interracial interracial relationship a lot. But, but I, I felt like that was the producers like, hey, probably. talk about it. So, <laughs> so probably. like baiting them. Probably. Um, but yeah, so I think that there's just there's stuff that happens around and there are conversations to be had, but for me, the the choice in Lovebirds was definitely not based off of that. The choice to be in Lovebirds was like, oh, the script was funny and Kumail's in it and he's hilarious. He's already attached. I'd love to see what our dynamic is. But but there was, to be honest, and something interesting to me about um, being in a relation in an interracial relationship in movies where one of the characters was not white, where both of the characters mm-hmm. were not white. Yeah, because um, I didn't see that often yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What, what did you guys film lovebirds before or after kumail got super jacked uh, right <laughs> before, it was during it was right before when he he told me he was gonna do it he was like hey don't tell anybody but i got cast in a marvel it, movie and i was like what the fuck what? <laughs> and he was you know, doing a, a, a diet then during the same time. Mm. I'm always on some stupid ass diet. So I was just <laughs> already just in love, like friend in friend love with him. Like, oh shit, we're mm. about to diet together. And we can talk about all the crazy <laughs> things. And then he just surpassed <laughs> any level that I could ever be on. But well, apparently, apparently Emily, uh, her, her, uh, his, his, uh, his, his wife, wife, was, his wife. Is like, he's like even in more shape than he was when they posted those pictures, like during this quarantine, so he, he's just doing it. It's I'm like so once you disgusted. start, you can't stop. Like, come on, like, especially like after like every like all the all the the comments afterwards. Like, that's true. Yeah. That's a good ass point. Like, you I, can't you can't slip because people are gonna be like, yeah. "What happened? I remember when you had a six pack. Now you have a two pack. What the fuck? <laughs> right? Are you okay? You, <laughs> you have to maintain. <laughs> Isso, Isso, what's your what's your quarantine diet right now? 
I'm actually doing great, even though I ordered okay. this like um, <laughs> uh, there's this this account I had been following for a minute called World's Best Cookie Dough, and I'd always put Ooh. off ordering it because you have to like get sold out really quickly, and I just never had time. So I was like, oh, look what I have right now, time, and <laughs> uh, ordered this these crazy cookies. But beyond that, I've just been I, I generally stick to just like paleo. And oh that's how I I've just been eating lots of like. Me too. Me too. That's why I asked. <laughs> I just eat everything. ramen, honestly. Not, not like ramen that you buy. Not the top ramen, but the ramen, the like, real ramen that you buy from the Korean market. <laughs> Still- <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a terrible social eater, so there's not mm. much socializing I'm doing. So it's it's easier to stay disciplined when you're not like around uh. your friends all the time and drinking. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I think I might be the other way around. I don't know, or maybe just somewhere in the middle. I think um. I have too much anxiety. <laughs> I, I think right now I have too much anxiety to eat. For some- oh, so much. <laughs> I, no, I think the anxiety is making me eat more. So, yes, I've been there too. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so um, how has your role as an actor and as a, story cha- a storyteller changed your view on advocacy? And specifically, the f- everybody, know- like, we, it's like you, we all know you to be somebody who's very, like, very unapologetically Black, which is obviously something that we love. Um, where did you find that confidence to, to sort of be, be so unapologetic about the things that you, 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 you say or the things that you uh, put out there as an artist? Um, I guess my mom, you know, she's mm. always been instilled like pride in us, you know, even be she's she's from Louisiana, but really raised in L.A. and mm. grew up in a pro black era, you know, and um, I think going to to synagogue, going, being in, in near in, in Francophone countries like she's just she's seen so much and she's always just been so adamant about us knowing who we were, where we came from, being proud of being black. And I think um, that has always translated. And of course, going to predominantly black schools, I think my predominantly black high school, being around uh, other uh, black and Latino kids from all walks of life, um, going to uh, a medical magnet high school where you saw like kids from Compton who you know, we're poor, but also, you know, wealthier mm-hmm. kids from View Park and Ladera, all in one place, just being dope. Like, none of us are doctors now, maybe like five of us, but it was still just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And I'm so proud about, and this is just something that you don't get to, to showcase. And mm-hmm. um, then going to college and, and being immersed uh, with, with other just amazing black people. I've just always felt like a sense of pride. And so the unapologetic part, just like, why would I apologize for that? You Mm. know, why would I be ashamed of that? And especially with the injustices that we face on a day-to-day basis, if you're not talking about it, then it's just being swept under the rug. It's being ignored. And I don't consider myself an activist by any means. I'm not brave by any means, but I'm honest and I'm not going mm. to shy away from what I see. Uh, I'm not going to shy away from what's wrong. And, you know, I, I tend to be very action oriented behind the scenes. Mm. Um, and I, I want to support people who are the same. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, like, it, it, it's so good and refreshing that you said that. I mean, like, the girls were gagging when you were on the red carpet and you said you were, you wanted, you know, you were rooting for anyone who was black. And then even, <laughs> and then, you know, people were all excited about, you know, you just calling, you know, during the Oscar nominations, that was like a, also a moment. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it, it's, for me, it's very much appreciative that there are voices like that out there. Um, and, you know, that you have you know, the backs of, you know, underrepresented voices and, you know, people are all, Ooh, she said that. But, you know, at the mm. same time, it's like, all oh, it's not like she was lying. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I guess I don't, for me, it doesn't feel like, Ooh, she said that. I'm like, everybody knows this, right? Like I'm saying, <laughs> to me, I'm staying, it feels like I'm saying the obvious, like, who are you rooting for? Duh, girl. Like, you know, so, I would expect you to be like, uh, her, the reporter to be like, oh, all my Asian people, because there's not a lot of us. And I wouldn't be mad at that. So it's just like, yeah. um, to me, it's just, yeah, it's telling the truth. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, you have a lot going on. <laughs> um, oh, what is what's what's next for you after Insecure and then Lovebirds? That's gonna hit Netflix. Um, I I'm, I can't. The date is. Oh yeah, it hasn't up. been announced. The the date okay. hasn't been announced. Okay, yet. okay, good. I was like, did I did I not read this date? I thought I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but what what's next for you after that? After um, this, so much. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm in these quarantine times able to catch up on all the writing that I got paid to do. So that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm writing uh, a feature film right now, right now uh, adapting um, an Italian film uh, called mm. Perf- Perfect Strangers, which I'm really mm. excited about. And uh, also writing uh, an HBO max show called rap shit. Uh, oh yes. Rappers. <laughs> um, and Beyond that, uh, just film finished filming a BJ Novak movie mm, in New Mexico, vengeance. but that the production got halted, so mm, I don't know how much mm-hmm. they got done of it. But I was like, I shot my scenes. Sorry, BJ. <laughs> 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 I'm out. I'm out. But, like I'm good. <laughs> and yeah, and then just uh, producing uh, several other projects from other writers. I'm really excited about. Mm. At this point, is there something that you're really like itching to do that you haven't been able to cover yet in your in your career? Itching to do? Yeah. yeah. Like I think I want to there again, there are so many writers that I love um that I want to see their shit get made, like new writers. So mm-hmm. there are other people that I've been, you know, working with for a while. Like there's one writer, Sarita Singleton, who, you know, I met uh in 2014 who inspired me starting color creative she came to like one Mm. of our our writers workshops and you she did the thing where she was like hey can you read my script and usually i'm like i don't but i read it and that shit cracked me up and i was like ah i wish that i could make this and you know all Mm. at the time all i had was awkward black girl and i was just like we should be able to make low budget pilots um, and have people and just showcase the work of good writers so that people know about them. And mm. um, since then, to see all that she's done, I'm just hyped for her movie to come out. Um, she wrote an, a hilarious feature mm. that I feel like is the next Friday. And, you know, I'm, other things. Ooh, nice. um, and then just, you know, other people that I'm excited about. Like there's that's that's what I'm itching to do. I'm kind of I'm mm. tired of me. 
<laughs> and I'm so excited about the next generation hmm. yeah. or the now generation. Do you not want to do? Do you want to do an action film? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't well, like get me a, hype. They're like mm. action. I don't even watch action movies. So I get the appeal <laughs> of like, this is what you should be doing. And I'm not, if the check comes and the, and the <laughs> not even the check, let me stop lying. Like I do that. Like if it's a, a, a different, then I would be yeah. honored and excited to do it. But I'm not like pressed. You're not ready. You're not ready to get like CG'd and, 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 no. and go into martial arts training and all that. No, I'm so lazy. <laughs> Like, like, I'd be, like, hype in the moment and then be, like, I got to train for this. Like, I cannot do that. I saw Cynthia Revo doing that for Widows. I used to watch her oh my Insta God. stories of her, like, yeah. working out with the trainer. So, It's know. too much. It's too, too much. much. <laughs> She's a beast. Okay, so we just like to um, end our, our session with this uh, this fun random questions. We call it the facts or the FAQs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so this is going to be sort of a quarantine edition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what, what is an unlikely film or TV show that you've discovered during quarantine? Um, cheer. Oh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck about cheerleaders and I said that. <laughs> But I left with a new respect of just like these are Olympic gymnasts, like they yes, are yes. doing it. Um, yeah, that so, that, yeah. that show that show is intense, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it, shout it, out to that coach. <laughs> no, seriously, and it's like all these kids from all these different backgrounds. Like it's just, it, yeah, it was definitely like it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if your school was like this, Amanda, because me and Amanda are both from Texas, but from oh, different shit. cities. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's like, of course, high school football is super competitive, but cheerleading was just as competitive. Not, it, not my school. Oh, not your school. <laughs> <laughs> There are a bunch of massage, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, not my school. <laughs> it, it was it was intense, man. I um, didn't know. Yeah, yeah. It, but that one is a whole different level, though. It, it, it's I'm like all oh, this. No, is, it is. I can't. Their I bones can't. are gonna be useless by like <laughs> yeah. thirty. I know. I was, definitely, I was definitely like getting my bring it on vibe with that <laughs> watching that uh, show. <laughs> Um, so Issa, what is one song that you turn the volume up every time it comes on? Um, Lil Scrappy, No Problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just makes me feel like I will fight anybody. (laughs) Oh my God. You know what song that made me, this is the song that I turn up. It's, um, uh, Slim, Real Thugs get David Banner, Real Thugs. Real, oh real Thugs get down on the floor. I, <laughs> I love yes. Like a Pimp. I, I like printed out the lyrics to that. I learned that song. So every time that song comes on, <laughs> oh like, oh my God. <laughs> I get so hyped. Like, I get so hyped when that song comes on. <laughs> well, you know that you gotta go. Yeah, mine is uh, mine is always it's like juvenile back that ass up for some reason. (laughs) For some reason, come on, that's 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 the anthem. That's the anthem. It's an anthem because it's like when those strings come in, you know it's about to go down. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, Uh, what's going on? What is the first thing you're gonna do when the shutdown lifts? Oh my, go see my family, hug them. Yeah. Go see my friends and drink. Like, I thought I was going (laughs) to be having insecure pool parties every week, and that's just a lie. 
Well, it could still happen. You just have it to can. postpone. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Everybody's going to be so busy. It's going to be really interesting. Oh, my God. There's going to be so much going food. on. Yeah, yeah there's going like, to be so much to do. It's like, going to so be interesting. It's going to be like the Oscars are going to be running into like summer blockbuster season. It's yeah. going to be so weird. Shit. That's so true. Yeah. And like and, all these like festivals, they're all going to be back to back to back now. And I'm just like, ugh. I know. Yes. I'm just like, all, and then, work. you know, it, it's a good thing to complain about, though, once that happens. Right, it so, is. Yeah. It if is, we're still know. not, like, scared to go out. You know, I'm like, yeah. am I going to go to brunch without a mask on? You know? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, like, I the, go to places the one thing that, because um, I've been following, like, if Comic-Con's going to happen, and I, mm. you know, honestly, I if it does happen... Mm. It's going to be so scaled back because yeah, no one's going to want to go into a room with 6,000 other people Heck right no. after a global pandemic. But no. Yeah. It's going to have and, to be like a, a slow, like, like reintroduction to everything. So I feel like it's going to be like maybe 10 people gathering and then, you know, 100 yeah. and then it's going to go up in like increments like that. That's really. so true. Because yeah. it is I, like, why would I need to be at a space with 6,000 people? I exactly. Wonder, like, why would I need that? So I like, think you're we, right. The incremental build is the best way. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I think after it lifts, I'm just going to be all, okay, I'm going to hang out with max 10 people. And then <laughs> no, the <seriously>? next month... <laughs> <laughs> the, the next month is gonna be okay i could do 15 then the next month 20 and you're and you're gonna go through your list and be like all right who's gonna be in my 10 who's exactly. gonna be in my 15 yeah it's oh gonna be God. like gonna be like the new myspace top yes, like, girl. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you didn't make the cut you didn't make sorry. the cut sorry oh remember that remember when you would have People to like, you would painstakingly so go through your top five or top 10 on myspace like you go like, who is it this week it's, people, that was a people black used to be episode. so like hard. That, yes, it's crazy. Like, why were you choosing your eight friends to display? Like, that's crazy. And then I always that's, had the responsibility. Also, I guess I have to put my sister in there. I know. <laughs> you like you have to put family because that means you're a bad person. If you're yeah, exactly. not in your top ten. I have to show I that guess. I have a I, guess. I have to show that Dang. I'm family oriented. Right. I have three siblings. Like that's already three people, y'all. Oh, <laughs> I'm lucky. I only have the one, so she had she had the top spot, even though she didn't deserve it all the time. <laughs> but, but um. So the final question we ask all our <laughs> guests is, um, you kind of touched on this already, but, you know, feel free to add more. Um, is there an underrepresented voice in the uh, industry, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, creator, that is not in the mainstream that you think people should know about and deserves more shine? Um, I'm going to shout out my girl, Amy Aniobi, who... Yes. Oh, so has she been on the show? Uh, on, our, on our show? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I, I've, I've written about her, but I don't. She hasn't been on our show. Yeah, and I, I, I uh, she, she's a, she's a friend. She's a friend. Yeah, because we we chat a little bit on Twitter and stuff, though. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah well, I've written about her too. Phenomenal, and you know, I've watched her career grow and been so lucky to be able to work with her. And um, I just think that she's a star in every way, and so smart. And it's so interesting in a writer's room. You know, especially in Insecure Writers Room, because I'm on camera, I get a lot of credit for the words that are there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very sensitive to that. You know, I always give 
people joke credits whenever I'm asked or whatever, you know, and I get to say a lot of her words and there was a, a lot of her funny words. And there was this one interview that I did where I literally listened to an article or I'm sorry, I listened to an interview that she did and I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And I quoted her in the interview and I said, hey, you know, it's like I was watching this interview with my girl, Amy, Amy Annie and she was talking about networking across and, you know, how you got to do. And like I got it went viral and they cut out the part where I oh. gave Amy credit for it. Mm. And it just looked like it was my soul wisdom. And so I was like, damn, even in real life, like I'm getting shine for Amy's words. So mm. I have to give her her props <laughs> for just being so prolific and amazing. Yes. Shout out cool. to Amy. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Issa, for doing this. And we're definitely looking forward to to this season of yeah. Insecure. Thank and you guys so much. Yeah, and hopefully you could actually come into the studio again for, right. for, 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 for future projects. And we could kiki in person. and, and Please. Yeah. I would love have, that. Yeah. Thank you I so much, Issa. I loved you guys' interview with Stella, too. It was so great. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, we yeah we've done Stella, we've done Yvonne. Um, oh yeah, yeah we've done Stella, Yvonne, Yvonne Natasha, <laughs> oh, yeah. and Natasha, <laughs> and Natasha. I didn't know y'all did Natasha. So, I have to go back and, and then to that one. Yeah, and then we're gonna do Alex. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got yeah, the yeah. whole crew. <laughs> we got yeah, we're, the whole. We're, we're, we'll get crew. them all in. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're available. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> all cool. right. Thank you again. Thank, thanks, Issa. Thank you guys.